It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are you now, are now listening, listening to The War the Report. Report. Wednesday, Wednesday night, night War Room. With your host, C-Dope. It's your boy, C. The Walker. Well, I got my boys with me. Mike, Mike. G. G. Get your weight up. Strength and conditioning. Development. Ike Jones. Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape. And be real. Which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. Are you ready? Because we are now locked and loaded for the Wednesday Night War Room. Let's go! We dropped a very good interview this week with the athletic Mm. director at Auburn University, Alan Green. He actually came back again to to chop it up with us. And it was a great conversation. I listened to it. It was, I love the questions, love the the dialogue. I want to talk to you guys because this is a great opportunity. If you have not had a chance to check it out, once you're done hanging out with us, go check out their interview. But I'm going to start with you guys just opening up. What were your biggest your biggest takeaway after speaking with Alan Green, considering what has transpired in the fall and currently in the spring with Auburn Athletics? Mike? Um, my biggest takeaway is that he wants to be at Auburn. He wants to be here, uh, you know, despite what you may read in the media, which you should be careful about what you allow yourself to read and believe. He wants to be here. Uh, so... Uh, you know, there are a lot of things that have happened, but I think that he's done a good job over the last 12 months. Now, you know, football didn't go the way we thought, but basketball is definitely on the rise. Every sport, every other sport at Auburn got equestrian, tennis. You know, during that interview, he talked about it all, man. Uh, there are a lot of great things happening in Auburn sports. And, um, you know, we want to be in everything school. He believes in that. He's doing everything he can to get us there. Um, there were some ideas, you know, we talked, you know, about, uh, you know, what it's going to take. And he said, I came here to win. I came here to win. If I wanted to be you know, mediocre. I could have stayed at Buffalo. I came here to do a job. And, uh, you know, people just got to let him do it. So, uh, you know, again, my biggest takeaway from this was, he wants to be at Auburn. And um, I think people just need to start to accept that he wants to be at Auburn, despite what some others might want you to believe. I, what do you take away after, after speaking with uh, the AD? Um, so here's a couple of things, actually. So, you know, first and foremost, let me just say this. Alan Green 
I know you don't listen to our show. You probably didn't even listen to the show that you were on after you got done with it. He was there. But he was so gracious with his time talking to us. We talked for, what would you say, 45? About an hour. Yeah, about like, an hour after. I'm saying after the interview. Like, we did a whole interview with him. He sat there and just let us chop it up with him about a bunch of stuff. Like, just having a regular conversation with us uh, after he got done with the interview, man. Like, he was so gracious with his time, and he didn't make us feel like we were rushing him. or Like, he just, he went and, like, he's like, yeah, hold on a minute. Let me go plug my laptop up because it's dying. Like, he was literally like, yo, I'm here for y'all. What do y'all want to talk about? Um, So I appreciate him just for not making us feel like we were insignificant, right? Like, that's just first and foremost. Aside from how the conversation went, um, the genuine nature in which he approached the conversation was wonderful. Uh, as far as the substance of the conversation, um, just gems, man. Like, he was really showing, uh, number one, his commitment, as Mike G said, to Auburn. Uh, but number two, the uh, his, his kind of just depth of understanding of what his job was, what he had been required to do. You know, we had a conversation with him about you know, how the budgets go, right? And he was just kind of hipping us to the game about like, you know, when he first got there, his directive was basically tighten the purse strings. Tighten the purse strings. Like we're spending too much money and we have to figure out a way to get this under this spending under control, right? He, he was given a directive to cut spending and he took the brunt of that because he was the hatchet man that had to come in and tell people, yeah, I don't have the funding for you. And he's he's now in a place where he feels like he has more liberty to allow for stuff like that to happen where people can come to him, make requests for things and he can figure out how to, how to maneuver and get them the things that they need. Um, but man, just, uh, just hearing him talk about his commitment to Auburn and how, you know, despite, like I said, Mike said, despite what you hear, if he wanted to just kind of fly under the radar and not accept the challenge, he could have stayed at Buffalo. Mm -hmm. He came here for a specific purpose and he doesn't want to leave until he feels like that job is done, which is bring titles to Auburn University Athletics, make the Auburn student athletes that are here better people when they leave Auburn University, equip them to be able to, to do life better outside of that, impact the community of Auburn. Uh, he talked about all of those things in, in a very passionate and very thoughtful way. Um, so, man, I enjoyed that conversation. I enjoyed every minute of that conversation talking to Alan Green the other day. and. Um, I was a fan of him before. I'm an even bigger fan of him now. Yeah, I would also add that the tightening of the purse strings in the beginning uh, was about the anticipation of pay paying Gus's buyout. They knew they yeah. were about to drop 21 mil. And um, I think, contrary to what some fans believe, that there's some booster that writes a $21 million check every time a coach is fired. That's not what happened. What happened was they had to make cuts and, you know, because football drives revenue for every sport, when you have to spend money on football, it affects every other sport. Byron Gus had ripples throughout Auburn sports. Some coaches were maybe unhappy with what was left in the bag after that decision was made. Now he feels like he's got more latitude to do the job the way he he thinks it should be done. So people need to ask for what they need. Uh, you know, I just, I don't know, man. Like, like I said, it was a great conversation um, with a guy who definitely took the time after 
I, I think I, I would say we got every question yeah. that was ever in my mind about his tenure, about his status with Auburn, answered. And I won't yeah. quote him on too many things, but when you guys watch the show, just know that when we give our opinions, it's when we have conversations like this, we're asking those questions. When I don't always get permission to, to go say, Alan Green said this. Yeah, no, he and he, he he said that there are, you know, there are things that we talked about off the record, but there uh-huh. are definitely things that he said, you can say that. You I can said. say this. Yeah. Even, even though it was off camera. So um, and, and you know how we do like, you know, unless he explicitly said, yeah, you can quote me on that. You'll never hear me associate his name with an idea or a thing. That's fair. Right. Um, right. But, um, but yeah, again, a very great conversation with a, a guy who I think is doing some amazing things with Auburn Athletics. And it's only a matter of time before the football t- program catches up with what some of the other programs right. are already doing. Right. But he likes what he's seeing with our current coach. So the For optimism sure. is there that football will indeed catch up with the other sports. One one last question about the interview one of the most surprising things that came out about this interview is, and I'm not going to want to spoil everything, but Alan Green talked about the, the decision to self-impose and whose idea it was or whose recommendation yeah. Yeah. it mm-hmm. was. It was Bruce Pearl. Yeah. Um, you, you guys tell, like when you heard that, because all this, you know, you, you you always hear about the athletic department having to come around and clean up what happens with a coaching right. staff or a rogue uh, assistant, right? But for Bruce to take the initiative to suggest that we self-impose to get ahead of this, compared with what we're seeing done at other programs across the country, what do you what did you guys make of that? Again, leadership matters. Leadership matters. I think it was important. We brought it up because the NCAA noted that as, you know, a significant um, factor in why they decided not to level additional sanctions. So the question was kind of like, whose idea was it? And he said that Bruce Pearl was the one who pushed it from the beginning. Now, it should be noted that the decision to do so was made well before we knew COVID was going to be a thing, before they knew that that COVID-shortened season was going to be what it was, plus the season after that. Like, I mean, I think it was um, November of 2019 that they made that decision. If not, if not before, I mean, it was sometime between the summer. Wait, 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 and which the, decision did you want to, to do the self-imposed? Self self-imposed. Uh, yeah, I think it was 2019. Yeah, it was 2019, 2019 that they made that decision. So a lot of people felt like it was reactive, like, oh, we're going to suck this year anyway, so let's just sit this one out. That's 100% not what happened. And it worked out for them, you know, the way it worked out. But I just think, when you're looking at, 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 at what went down, it was um, it was great leadership. And we've seen not so great leadership elsewhere in the country that has landed others in hot water. Yeah, This could have, even though the nature of the offenses weren't directly per- perpetrated by Bruce Pearl, it could have turned out badly for Auburn if 
you know, they had tried to cover something up or, you know, if they tried to act like, hey, we didn't do nothing wrong, so we're not going to impose anything. The NCAA definitely would have handed it something down and and maybe in a year where it mattered, like like this past season. They might have had to sit out this season. Right. So I I don't know, man. You know, that that stuff matters. You know, I, I thought it was... I thought it was interesting that he shared that with us, but, you know, made me like Bruce Pearl even more. Yeah, I think it's interesting, too, though, that I I think um, Bruce Pearl having a bit of, you know, experience with dealing with the NCAA previously from his dealings at Tennessee made him equipped to say, hey, I, I think I know a good way for us. Like he had already been through one of those storms before, so he know he knew a path to say, OK, maybe if we do X, Y, Z, this will be better. If there's a coach that had never been through that before, if this had been a coach that didn't have, you know, the spotted pass that people like to bring up with Coach Bruce Pearl, uh, maybe he wouldn't have thought to do that. Right. Like, so he didn't do it when he was at Tennessee. Right. So he'd been through something at Tennessee and maybe he said to himself, "Okay, I know what we need to do here. Let's try to do this and maybe we can figure out how to get ahead of some of this stuff. So um, but again, that's that's props to Coach Pearl having the forethought to make some sort of move and not just say, all right, we just have to sit on our hands and wait and see what the NCAA does. Like, well, they're likely going to try to do this and this and this and that. Maybe if we just go ahead and take our medicine now, they're not going to do anything. And right. It, and it was the right choice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, you guys definitely want to check out that interview. If you haven't already, uh, it's our uh, most recent interview that we did. Uh, so definitely check that out. You will enjoy it, man. A lot of a lot of great information about NIL, um, a lot of misconceptions uh, that he explained. So great job by you two on on interviewing Alan Green. Um, definitely a, a good listen and watch. So let's 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 get into let's get on, into let's, what's... Let me grab this last one here from Jazzy. Sorry, we missed this Uh-oh. other because y'all are genuine. People flock to that. That's why y'all will blow up soon. We appreciate that very much, right, sir. Hey, man, we listen. Uh, that's all we're trying. I said this to somebody on Twitter the other day. <clears throat> they they talked about the interview and um, how they enjoyed it. And they had been wondering, you know, about Alan Green, right? Like they were had been worried about him and, and they were glad that we had an opportunity to talk to him. And I was like, man, you guys have to remember, we are definitely fans just like you are. So like the same stuff that y'all worry about with who's going to be the starting quarterback and what's going to happen with the draft and, you know, who's going to go to the draft and who's going to be, you know, playing this position in our recruiting class. We worry about, we talk about all of that. That's why we started doing this. So when we come and we do things, it's very fan centric. We want to ask the questions that fans want. And we're not reporters. We are not beat writers. We're not members of traditional media. So we ask things differently. We approach things differently. And that's not, to slight anybody who does it a different way. It's just not what we do. And so we think about things the same way that you all do, and that's how we approach the type of content we want to be able to provide. And so, you know, uh, I appreciate everybody who looks to us as their mouthpiece. And so we want to continue to do that. When we get into these press rooms, we're going to ask the fan questions that y'all want to hear. You know, when we talk to people, we want to talk to the people y'all want to hear from. Not just some random person who we think is going to, um, you know, get us the most clicks. It's really about, you know, who do we feel like is going to be the most impactful person for you all to be able to hear from. 
And I normally don't address you, but yes, I do call players trash if I feel like they're playing like trash. So yes, Shank, that is 100% true. And I do not back down from that. Thank you. Because <laughs> fans do that too. Uh-huh. I told you I'm a fan. Um, there you go. He yeah. said it. The man said it. Mm-hmm. What you going to do now, Shane? <laughs> now, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about A-Day because it's right around the corner. Oh, man. Now, now I, I warned you, Mike G. I warned you. Um, what you guys didn't see last A-Day was this tempered fit that still makes me to this day. <laughs> I might go see at- if I could pull that down and like <laughs> run that or something as like a um uh I put like a not what do they call it the shorts a YouTube oh, I yeah. make a YouTube short of it and post that or something that'll be bro. Fun. <laughs> whenever yeah. I need a whenever I need to pick me up I think about that moment and it works. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, oh, um, man, listen. What what I, what I what I want to know is what are some things that you want? What is the one thing that you want to see that you need to see this upcoming A day? And I want to I want to deal specifically with the offense because okay. last year that was that was kind of like our Achilles heel at times. Um, the 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 offense. Obviously, the the storyline with with Auburn for spring going into fall is the QB race. Who's going to be a receiver, right? Those are some of the obvious things. But I want to hear from you guys. What does Mike G need to see to avoid the fit he threw last year? And and Ike, you know, you've been pretty chill. You you're you're a stickler for telling people to relax, calm down. But what would what do you need to see to, to make you be like, yeah, I kind of like what things are going offensively. What I'll, is something that you need to see? Go ahead, Mike. I would like to see us show some competency in downfield passing. Okay. So I want to see some guys beat some DBs, get loose, and get thrown catchable balls. So whether they actually catch them or not, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, if it's a well-defended pass, if it's a great, if it's a good pass, I want to see some wins, man, by these wide receivers in 50-50 balls. If we get a chance to see a couple fades in the end zone, I just want to see our receivers go out and win, and I want to see our quarterbacks give them a chance to win. I want to see what at least looks like some semblance of chemistry. Between the quarterbacks and the receivers. And I want to see what looks like chemistry developed from all the work they've been doing this offseason. That's it. I don't need to see much from Tank. A lot of the offensive line is hurt, so I don't know how much I'm expecting there. Uh, You know, I want to see the tight ends, you know, kind of throw them in with the receivers as well, too. I want to see them doing work. yeah, I want to. I want to see the exact opposite of what we saw last a day. I threw a fit because I had to watch a whole half of Grant Lloyd taking QB two snaps. There was a. There wasn't a chance in hell Grant Lloyd was going to take one snap as Auburn's quarterback. He took one in garbage time. Oh, and, did he? And he fumbled. He fumbled the freaking snap. It was like a fumble on that play. Yeah. Was it against a cupcake or something? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. One he, meaningful he snap. Three, excuse me, three snaps. <laughs> yeah, like one that. meaningful snap. Uh, and we sent him out there 
We did. I didn't get it. I just didn't understand it. So there's no chance of that happening this year because the three guys that are going to be out there primarily, I want to see all of them. (laughs) I want to see TJ. I want to see Holden Gariner, and I want to see Robbie Ashford. So it should be already better because we don't have any lame ducks in the race. (laughs) Now I want to see that these guys have put in the work this offseason and that we're headed in the right direction. I don't want to have I want to have fewer questions after A Day and not more. I had a ton of questions after last A Day. Bo looked a little better. He did some Bo type things, but you know, it was average, I thought. And um it looked like, hey man, that's all we have. This year, I want to believe that whoever wins the starting job, that's not all we have. Because injuries happen. And poor performance happens. And there's a ton of reasons why you need more than one guy that can do the job. And it's going to be really important for Brian Harson in 2022. So uh, our guys need to raise their floor. Yeah. And, you know, the hard work that you put in is what allows you to do that. So I will not break anything. If I just see, listen, man, if Robbie Ashford goes out there and has the same type of spring he had last spring for Oregon, I'm good. He can't look worse once he gets here, though, because the offense is worse. I'm assuming Coach Harson is going to be calling plays, man. I, I want to see. I know they they keep it pretty vanilla for a day for the most part, but I don't know, man. Show us something. Give us something to be excited about. Give us something to hope for. And because of all the trolls on social media. I really, I'm rooting for everybody, but I really want to see TJ Finley go out there and shred the shit out of everybody. I want to see it now. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, just, I'm just, I'm tired of people crapping on this kid, claiming they know that he's not going to be it. Right. After the sample size, after what is a small, is a relatively small sample size, he has not started in an entire season for any school. You know, I would argue he didn't get the development really in either situation in a fair way. He wasn't expected to be the guy. Right. Year one at LSU, somebody else won that job. He was supposed to learn, sit back and learn. He got tossed into that. And that was a COVID COVID shortened season. So even if he enrolled early, he didn't get a spring. People are crapping on him because of how he looked there. And and, and Ike said it off camera, so I'll say it. We don't talk about it much anymore. But if you sat through two years of Bo Nix and year three got here and you were like, this is going to be the year for him, you have no voice in this conversation about TJ Finley possibly raising his floor in year three, with a lot less experience. That's all I'm saying. So I want to see that now. Like, you know, it's funny. I'm one of those guys that, like, I'm pretty neutral for the most part. I wasn't a big LeBron fan until he went to the Heat, and then everybody started hating on LeBron, and then I became a huge LeBron fan. Same. Same. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, a huge LeBron fan when he was on the Heat. Now, the Heat, we're already kind of my team because Dwayne Wade was my favorite player in the NBA at the time. But 
I I, I was just like, yo, like this man just changed no, jobs. No, no heat, no heatles. I mm-hmm. you know what's <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying that that TJ is getting LeBron levels of 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 hate, but it, it's I'm I'm just saying I, I think that we can sit back and give this man a couple games if if he wins the job because it's still not a foregone conclusion that he's going to win it. But if he raises his game enough that he can go out there and in the first two games, I believe he'll be on a, a, a short leash to start the season. I, I hope that this coach has a plan, a contingency to not let the season go to hell if it's not working. But I'm excited to see, man, he's working. We talked to these guys, man. I, we talked to Robbie Ashford. We talked to TJ. You know, we're trying to plan interviews with other players, but like, I like what I'm hearing from all of them. So I can be just as excited for TJ as I am to see Robbie Ashford. Or Zach Calzada when he's healthy enough for us to see him in live action. Or Holden Gariner to see what our p- potential future looks like. Right. That's it. So if you don't think TJ's it, that is your prerogative. It is. It's your prerogative. But just keep the same energy for everybody. Because we have not seen a ton of any of these guys here.